All right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this beautiful world and how beautiful it is this Tuesday as the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, your Pittsburgh Steelers, are headed to the postseason. They're headed back to Arrowhead. They made it in at 9-7-1. The small miracle came true. And Jim, how you doing today? Jeremy, every time I think I'm going to get to sleep in on a Tuesday, they go and win in a <laughs> a freakish game that they had no business winning and it's great isn't it though it is it's wonderful it, it, it's it's a small miracle we're going to get into that here today it was a gritty performance by several players against the ravens and on top of that the again i keep using the word miracle you have jacksonville who upsets indianapolis in a game that nobody nobody saw that happen yeah, and then you oh, have the, the game that almost ended in the tie. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't stay up for that one. I, I went to bed. I'm like, there's no way it's going to end in the tie. Uh, so I didn't hear about the drama until the, the day after. But everything worked out, and somehow this team just keeps pressing forward. And here we are. We have um, not just the Ravens win to talk about, but uh, previewing the wild card game in Kansas City Sunday night at 8.15 and we're going to jump right into it here. Um, you know, I, I think I had four heart attacks uh, on on Sunday. Um, and let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Another slow start for this team, um, but they found a way to get it going. It was concerning that Najee Harris went out early and we had Benny Snell football. Um, what did you think of Benny Snell there at the start and what he was able to do uh, during his time. So the, after the miracle and then make the playoffs, you want to ask about Benny Snell? Benny Snell, hey, we got to get the brass tacks. <laughs> I mean, he came in, he had a couple 10 yard runs that were okay. Uh, I, I I like some of the blocks Lagoo made for him. Uh, let's not talk about Benny Snell football. Okay. Let's talk about Najee football. Yeah, no. I mean, it was. It was uh, grim. I mean, Najee was out and uh, he was getting his elbow worked on. And I worry about him this week because adrenaline might have just got him through that. Uh, I wonder how sore it is right now. <laughs> I'll bet it's really sore. The way that hit, I mean, it, it looked like it was, what, what's the word, su su suplexed? Yeah, I think so. That's the word? Sure. <laughs> well, he had his hand on the ground and his arm was fully straight. And he got crashed into right at the elbow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know the, one of the things that I was concerned about this season, uh, because Harris has been such the focal point of the offense that if he went out, what, what would happen? And I know when Benny Snell came in there, I said, that's it. This, this team's done. And not that Benny, uh, did a great job, not that he did a poor job. Um, but Harris is a player they can't afford to lose in the postseason. And if he can't make it that entire Kansas City game, I think that their chances are severely limited. Um, their chances was, are severely limited anyway. Yes, they are. <laughs> but, hey, not so fast, my friend. Now, look, Benny, let's just, let's just lay it out there. What did Benny do? Benny did exactly what you said, and it was in a critical game. It was a playoff game. Let's put it that way. And he had to fill in for a long stretch, and he did okay. He didn't fumble. Caught a few passes. He, he man, Roethlisberger got killed on one plate. If Benny had no clue which of the two guys running past him to block, so he blocked neither, and they both crushed Roethlisberger. 
So, I mean, he's not as good of a blocker. He's not as good of a runner, but he sufficed. He got him through. They won. Yeah. And Benny played a big, uh, a long stretch. So, yeah. yeah. North, north and south running, which is what I wanted to see from him. None of the dancing there. I hope was, you're not going to go into the draft saying, man, we got to get a backup running back. No. Starting <laughs> players. So the, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, about Harris is uh, I thought it was curious that he didn't come into the late well not late in the fourth quarter early in the fourth quarter but later in the game um any reasoning behind that was it just they they weren't 100 sold that he was ready to come back in i think he came in with like 1453 yeah he came in for the fourth quarter i mean i want to make sure they weren't going to ruin him mm -hmm. there was talk that he was uh trying to get the ball um so that he could feel the ball and if you notice he never put it in his right hand and he did give a bit of a straight arm with that right hand, right arm on one play, one of his better runs. I mean, he, he did a great job coming in. He's tough, tough as nails. Yeah. And I, I would think that heading heading into the postseason now that their game plan is Najee Harris. I mean, he's just, just pound, pound the rock. Pound the rock. Okay. He had a pretty good game, but they're not pounding no rock. Against they have Michigan, to. They're not. <laughs> They can't pound the rock. They need a whole new game plan. That offense sucks. Hey, I mean, I, come on. I, I think their best shot in Kansas City, um, and I know we're, we're kind of jumping around a lot here, they've got to shorten the game. I think they have to shorten the game because they can't get into a shootout with Mahomes and, and that bevy of receivers they have. And I think you just got to feed Harris. And they gave up 190-plus rushing yards to the um, – to the Broncos now, Pittsburgh gave up what two forty to the Ravens, but I think that's the path. Okay, so you're going to see a lot of third and eights. Is that what you're saying? One yard, <laughs> on, one yard on second down. I think we're now. Where's Ben? Third and, and ones. Know, I'd like to see Ben come out in the no huddle. I mean, their their defense is going to have to win this. I, I the offense, of course, is going to have to score, but the defense is going to need a disastrous day out of Mahomes. Yeah. Agree. Jumping um, over to, again, we're just sticking on the off offensive side of the football here today. Chase Claypool, for as much criticism as he's received during the year, had a nice game. Um, some of those jet sweeps, but really the the play that put them ahead, the, the touchdown reception, and even that block, the, uh, the run that Najee had there to the yeah. outside. Um, it almost looked like he was, he was slow dancing with him. Um, but well, it looked like he had some enthusiasm. He had some get up and go. He wanted to win. He was a team player. And that's what uh, young players develop into, whether it takes them dancing and being ridiculed for a week, you know, dancing when he has a first down, but the clock's ticking and the game's tick draining away. He took a lot of abuse for that. He's taken a lot of abuse all year. And one of the things he's taken a lot of abuse for is that he can't stay on his feet. Man, he caught that slant and he stayed on his feet right into the end zone. It was nice. It's nice to see. You know, he he has some flaws in his game. You could see why he wasn't a first rounder with all that size, strength, and speed and hands. Uh, he really doesn't have great body control, and that's becoming obvious. But he's a second rounder, and he uh, he stayed on his feet there for the touchdown, and he got out in front of that block. That was that was a key play by uh, uh, Harris to make that field goal much shorter. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, kind of 
I'm jumping around here, but I'm, I'm going to do this as these well, you thoughts. started with Benny Snell. You put yourself in your own hole, man. Come on, <laughs> no. climb up. Let's go. Hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the fourth and fourth and eight here. I'm trying to get out of, <laughs> out of the, the gutter. Um, but the, I was just looking back at Kansas city schedule again, just trying to wrap my head around what they're up against this weekend. But that the week after they played the Steelers, they played the Bengals. And I'm not saying that chase Claypool's Jamar chase, but chase had set the rookie receiving record there. He's a big bodied receiver. So maybe, um, you know, like you said, maybe this game goes on Roethlisberger's arm. Maybe they try to attack down Phil with Claypool. And if I remember the first contest against the chiefs, they did try to, to test that secondary with Claypool a few times, um, but there was too much pressure. I think the offensive line played poorly, but I would think that they're going to try to get Claypool involved in the passing game Sunday night. Man, Jeremy, I, I love your your youth and your your imagination and your <laughs> enthusiasm. I'm just happy they won over eight and a half games and they gave me an extra week of work. And I mean, they have no chance to win this game. Oh. See, I okay, okay. Now you've been right a lot. You said they were going to beat San Diego, and I didn't think so. And they oh, they, they didn't win have. that one. Well, they should have. You said nobody can choke like Carson Wentz, and he did. You called that. You called the Jacksonville upset. So, I mean, I'm I respect uh, some of your wacky opinions, but <laughs> I mean, I don't see them pounding the rock in his team. But hey. I'd like to be at halftime tweeting, look at Jeremy. He's the new savant <laughs> of Steel City Insider. Hey, the, the thing, I, I have a different feeling about this Kansas City game than I did the first contest. I didn't think they had any chance that first game, and that was coming off the Tennessee win. Um, day after Christmas, they had to travel. I think there are some intangible pieces that go in there. <sighs> Just seeing the team after the game, and I know I saw your comment. Or I think you wrote in your column about Tomlin dancing and celebrating with the team, uh, and that big smile that he had on his face. <laughs> I, there's just an intangible quality here that I can't put my finger on it. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I feel like they've got a chance. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what it was. I really do. Well, I respect that. Uh, you know, it wasn't just Tomlin dancing. Marcus Allen. I know he's a bit of a clown, <laughs> yeah. but the 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 joy was real yeah. and I'm sure he wasn't the only one. I'd like to have seen the whole locker room video of that, yeah. but um, you're right. They're going to be a hard out only because they're dead. They're done. And now they're playing with house money. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. They uh, you don't really live until you die. Right. And they, they, they're dead. I mean, even Tom said we all wrote him off at one and three. I, I actually went back to look to see what I wrote at one and three. I didn't write him off. There was a lot of grousing, but I didn't write him off. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but yeah, I, I mean, the the mental and emotional dynamic is certainly with them. Yeah. And, you know, I looked it, out at uh, right after the touchdown pass to Claypool and pass an hour. LeGlue and the general. We're we're all uh, hugging Ben. And I'm thinking Ben's looking up saying, Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> but they seem to be putting some semblance of an O-line together. I mean, I expect Nan Moore to be back at left tackle. And you know, the general, they don't have to keep counting his snaps. I'm gonna assume he got in an under 25%. 
so they can keep that. I believe it's a sixth round comp pick. Yeah. And I know we're, we're burying burrowing down into a rabbit hole here, but general now can play in the playoffs without worrying about the snap count. So, uh, the offensive line will be better than Kendrick Green going into Arrowhead. It's the loudest place. Yes. Nassenauer did okay in the other loudest place, which is Baltimore, which wasn't, uh, I don't believe, was sold out. Plus, there were a lot of Steeler fans there. But Kansas City is going to be at night this time. That That's different from the last time. Kansas City at night is going to be some different kind of animal. Yeah. What? But, but <laughs> they had the, the Steelers had the, toughest schedule in the NFL. If you look back on the, the quality of opponents they've played this year, they're, it's not that it's not anything they will not have seen this year. The environment, obviously, is going to be intense, like nothing they've experienced, but they've played Kansas City before. And Roethlisberger, at least, has had experience in Arrowhead in a postseason environment. So um, something I wanted to talk about there quickly on the offensive line, it was interesting, Zach Banner, Still didn't even get an opportunity with um, Dan Moore being down. What have you seen that makes you think he deserves an opportunity? Yeah, well, I think that tells us something about the coaching staff's opinion about Banner. It makes you wonder if he's going to be back next year. Oh, well, he's he's a free agent. And I think we said this before. They'll they'll lay a contract on the table between he and Okorafor and say, you know, first one to sign gets it. Mm-hmm. It won't be a high offer either. But – um, that oh, that was my guess before core four played every game, but no coach loves to move your right tackle to left tackle and put in a new right tackle when you got the general hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. So um, nobody likes to move their offensive line. NFL coaches hate that right. move pieces around. So I, I don't, I don't really look at this as a negative on banner. I really don't. He just hasn't had the chance mm-hmm. and there's nothing we can say that, that, we know anymore that he, we think he should play. So. Yeah. And then one final comment on that offensive line, going back to that Kansas city game, I'm going to, as I'm uh, thinking of these points, I'm, I'm going to keep making them. Uh, but Kendrick green, when, when they were in arrowhead, that game on the 26, he had his worst game of his career. That's uh, that, saying a lot, man. Yeah, I know <laughs> it was pretty damn bad, but he had, remember that fumbled snap. So with, with Hassenauer in there, we should expect somewhat of a better <laughs> representation from that offensive line, especially at center. So, and, and, and let me add this. And I said this before Baltimore, and I told you about Hassenauer's why he hasn't been looked upon as the starter because he's at his ceiling, he's at his max, and he's a bit small. And it's going to be hard for him against Baltimore, and it was. Baltimore has some some beef. And they have some defensive tackles that are big men. Kansas City really doesn't. Chris Jones is like to it, you know, tall, angular, like Hayward. I mean, really good, but not that massive amount of weight that you have to move out of there like you did against Baltimore. So this will help pass an hour. And Kendrick Green, I'm not writing him off. I I think the coach still likes him reading between his lines in Bob Labriola's last uh, Saturday column where he talks to the coach. And uh, he loves his movement skills. And that's one of the things that really jumped out at me watching his college tape was how quickly he got around, not, not just to the inside linebackers, but on the move on screens. He really can't move. I, I don't know what his 40 time is, and that doesn't matter. But he really looked like he could move. So that is not being forgotten by Tomlin. 
Uh, it's just that Hassenauer gives them a better chance today. And Hassenauer will do better against Kansas City than he did against Baltimore with all that girth. And um, he will handle Kansas City much better than Kendrick Green because of his experience and his natural you could you could see against Baltimore the play calling the enthusiasm he he took in calling the signals I mean he you could hear him over the TV pointing with both both hands uh, he's a center yeah and Kendrick Green's got to get to that stage mentally but I I think they're going to stick with Kendrick Green in the long run but yeah has got to start this game and he does improve their line one hundred percent and I like Kendrick Green too but just in two thousand twenty two. And not as in January 2022, September of well, next year. Yeah, we talked about Kendrick last week and how how much they put, how much of an emphasis they put on the mental skill of a rookie center when Marquise Pouncey came up as a natural center out of the national championship team. Kendrick Green was a guard at Illinois. And nobody talked about well, how difficult this is going to be for a rookie center because he was going to be the rookie center. So they weren't they weren't worried about it. All of a sudden, you know, now we see what the problems are. There are many and they're great. And what Pouncey did as a rookie starting that opening game was more natural uh, and the concern was more natural. They just forgot all concern. They didn't care about Kendrick Green. He's going to play whether or not. So back to uh, Benny Snow. Uh, this this is going to be go down in podcast infamy here. Uh, two two more player or three more players want to comment on the offense. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod again, another player that we've uh, we've been a little rough on, but at the same time we have offered up some praise when uh, necessary. Yeah, but come on, man, I've been I've been praising Ray Ray. I mean, he ever since he he had a disastrous fumble, I believe against the Bears. I think it blew the point spread. Now everybody just ah. It went for a touchdown, his fumble punt. And then everybody wanted to cut him. And Tomlin stood up. No way. I like this guy. Okay. Each game he started developing. I think he made a third down play as a receiver. Each game he started getting better. Now I have such confidence in him as a punt returner. Yeah. Obviously, we're getting more confidence in him as a slot receiver. He's making that fourth and eight catch. Biggest play of the game, I you could argue. There were a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was That was one of them. Yeah. But um, his confidence is definitely building. and But uh, that's the biggest thing that I can think of with my uh, uh, opinion of Ray Ray is as a punt returner because you know how the potential for fumbles there by nervous guys. And he was a nervous fumbler coming to the team. A lot of, a lot of short area quickness, a lot of slither. But you're always scared to death if a guy has fumbling problems as your punt returner, you know, and then he fumbles. I think he fumbled twice this year. And I assume that was it. Mm-hmm. Now I have no nervousness when I see him back there, his decisions on whether to fair catch or not are, are usually right on. He, he just, he's a veteran punt returner now, and he's becoming a veteran quality slot receiver too. So we've seen this coming. We talked about that. I mean, we criticize him, but come on. Give me, give me a break, man. I, I was trying to swap Carson Wentz. I remembered your Carson Wentz. You got to remember my Ray Ray. I was trying to swap him out for Steven Sims there as a return guy early in the season, but oh, uh, we, all, we all were. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else, anybody else. But then, Yeah. You made a good point there too. You talked about how he's gaining confidence in his game. To me, that's one of the biggest things I'm seeing with this team that I feel makes them dangerous. If you have a group that starts to believe in themselves, 
and these guys who are kind of cuspy players. And that's something about Tomlin, too. He doesn't just give up on a guy right away if they have a bad game or even two bad games. You know, he gives them an opportunity to redeem themselves and, and to prove themselves. And they they um, there was a press conference yesterday with Ray Ray McLeod, and he talked about how Monday, a typical day off, that they were in there. He was in there. They're watching the film together as a team, that their postseason starts now. So um, I like the vibe, um, and especially liked it from Ray Ray. I liked his performance. Um, and another guy too want to bring up here, Pat Freyermuth, your guy. Here, here's your kudos. Here's your credit. Uh, over I mean, the summer, everybody, everybody who watched him knew. I mean, yeah. But he he made a he made a big play there, catch and run late um, that, that kept the team alive. He didn't play in Kansas City last time, and not to say that he's going to be the X factor or the reason why they score an upset victory. Um, but he's coming along. Um, oh, oh, he's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's got to factor in. And then second half, second half, Big Ben shows up again, fourth quarter, and gets it done. So. Yeah, let's show up in the first quarter. Come on, man. Let's show up in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, that's where it's got to be Najee the first three. And then don't even let Ben throw past the first three quarters. And that fourth quarter, just fourth quarter, Ben comes out. Yeah, he's an adrenaline junkie, man. He. Uh... Don't mess with him. Don't, don't don't bet money against him. No. If he, if, if he loses, he will punch you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so negative, Jim. <laughs> I know. All right. Over on the defensive side of the football, um, as is, has been a common theme, rushing game or rushing defense gives up a, a ton of yards, but they still find a, a way to win. Cam, the only bright spot on that defensive line. Um, but on the positive side, TJ does tie the record. Um, and there's some argument that he should have broken the record, that he should have been credited with the sack there in the early part of the game. In the secondary, really across the board, you go from uh, Sutton to Edmonds to Fitzpatrick to Witherspoon because Hayden didn't get a lot of uh, play in this game. He, he was coming, uh, I think he was coming off the COVID list. Um, but a nice effort. And I'm starting to wonder, does it? It does matter, the the rushing defense, but they're finding a way to get it done. Um, but the defense kept them in this game. Um, Witherspoon, it looks like they're giving more of an opportunity. He came up with another big play. He can he continues to drive up his his price tag uh, this offseason. But your your take on the, the defense Sunday? Well, uh, just give me a couple of those Georgia guys. I mean, we'll solve that. Get one inside linebacker. I, I'll even keep Devin, Okay. Because Devin's got speed, you know. I just think if he, if maybe if he's with the thumper and Spillane, uh, my understanding is that Spillane was at fault for that forty-six yard TD. I mean, the guys up front got blocked, you know, Mondo and uh, I believe it was Warmly, and Devin got blocked. Spillane made a te- technique error, and that really cost them. They're supposed to spill into uh, uh, Minka, so. You know, as, as physical as Blaine is, there are limitations there. And, and maybe he can guide a rookie next year, but they need one thumper inside who's not a pass coverage guy. And they need a uh, defensive tackle. Whether that's going to be to it, they would still need some depth and a replacement for Cam eventually. So I just see defensive tackle as being a primary need. And some of those Georgia guys really interested me last night before I went to bed in the second quarter. So, uh, 
the defense. Those are the weaknesses. The, the secondary, like you say, is coming along. And that's a funny comment about um, is run defense really that important? Here, This team is historically bad. I, I don't know if they broke the record of 1934, their team run defense. But um, they're in the playoffs. And, you know, like wow. I, I, I criticized Tomlin for drafting hybrids to defend the modern-day pass game. And look what happened. I mean, I don't know that Tyler Huntley is your modern-day Pat Mahomes. <laughs> but that secondary did play well. They're, you know, Bush gets around the field and uh, he's a little short to cover some of those tight ends. But uh, Schobert gets around the field. Highsmith gets around the field. TJ, even Cam you know, Cam's hustling downfield. So they've got guys running all over the place. They can run. Yeah. They get bullied too much. And does it matter in the run game? Yes. I still think it has to matter. They're two and six on the Tomlin era when they give up 150 yard rushers. They, this, this was a, uh, uh, one of them, one of the two wins, you know, you rush for 150, you're usually going to pound that team. So does run defense matter still? Yes. It's not what it used to mean, but it's so deflating too, to get bullied. Yeah. But um, anyway, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of hit on all, all, all parts there. Um, TJ ties the record. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that record, I told you before, I, I hate this record because you don't just start something in 1982 and say, well, this is a new football record. I hate when, when people diminish anything from let, let's go from 1958 when, when the game, when John Unitas uh, beat the giants in sudden death overtime on TV, that's when the golden era came in and you're not going to eliminate Deacon Jones and Joe green and Elsie Greenwood and Al Bubba Baker from all these records. So it's a trash record to begin with. And then the way Strahan said it with the fake sack of Brett Favre, that's trash too. So now you got TJ going to break the record legitimately, and you got a trash officiating crew taking away stuff. I, I know I agree with the stats crew taking away the one. I understand it's in the rules. It really ticked me off. And I'll I'll, I'll say something nice about Sean Hockley's crew next. But that that half sack he should have had when they gave uh, Hayward the uh, helmet to helmet penalty. You know these quarter the quarterback was running straight ahead, lowered his head. And Cam's a tall man, and he didn't hit him straight on helmet to helmet. I don't think that deserved a penalty. TJ deserved half a sack there. Now, it would have broke the official record, but the unofficial record, according to – I read Brian Backo's Post-Gazette story, and I always thought Deacon Jones had more sacks, but he had Bubba – Bubba 5 Bubba at uh, uh, 23 sacks, and, and that would have tied the unofficial record. And do you know why I called him Bubba Five Bubba? Because he had a brand. You know, some people get tattoos in college. Bubba Baker got a brand, mm. branded. And they asked him, what do these symbols mean? It was some fraternity symbols. And he said, Bubba Five Bubba. Because mm. it was like Alpha Cairo or whatever your frat is in college. He was in the Bubba Five Bubba. But he had 23 sacks and he held the unofficial record. Speaking of the the brand, uh, listeners, we want to let you know that we have a new Steelers Steel City Insider brand. Um, if you want to promote the podcast, it's 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 a small fee, but let us know. We could sign you up for that. 
<laughs> Shameless promotion for us. I'm unaware of uh, this. You'll have to let me in. Are you making money off of me? <laughs> I thought I was making money off you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another great game by Watt. Um, oh, let me let me let me add this about the, the officiating crew. They made a call that really might have saved the Steelers. It was. Uh, Remember when the announcer said, wow, that was a bad spot. It was one of the Ravens' last drives of, of regulation. And uh, and then the next play, it had to be Hayward. Every three and two stop, third and two stop that the Steelers made late in that game, every big third and two was made by Hayward. So I'm just going to say Hayward made the stop on third down and it punted, and that's uh, led up to Claypool's touchdown. Um, or may, maybe the, the field goal. I forget which came late, the field goal drive. And um, but they went back and looked and Latavius Murray's knee was down. If you remember the replay and nobody saw that except Hockley's crew. And they gave it looked like a bad spot, but it was a right spot. So they came through with a really good call. And I thought there was another one later that I forgot. And I don't want to give them too much credit because I thought earlier in the year, that was the worst performance of an officiating crew. Which game was that? They, they called penalties on every play. It was just, it was just a debacle uh, of, was it the Green Bay game when they called back the uh, field goal block for a touchdown? Uh, it's possible. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, you know, well, Ed Hockley, his uh, father, the guy with the guns, he was the uh, – he got him into the league. And this Sean Hockley has been awful ever since. Over-officious jerk, mm-hmm. as Marv Levy would call him. So uh, uh, I'll give him credit for that call. It was a great call. And it was the right call, and it helped big time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, where with TJ? Uh, you know, the Ravens had a first and goal. I believe it was inside the five, and he, TJ got a sack on first down. Second down, I believe, was uh, incomplete. I forget who who should be credited, but on third down, TJ batted the ball. It was a TJ goal line stand. It resulted in a field goal. And it was a big moment. And that was when he got he tied the record with that one sack. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the one thing I want to add here about defense, again, looking ahead, uh, you, you talked about Tomlin building this defense to have the, the faster um, defenders to cover the, the passing game. In the last contest, uh, Devin Bush didn't play, and neither did Joe Schobert because they were on the COVID list. And so, neither did Travis Kelsey. I'll trade you Devin Bush yeah. and Joe Schober for Travis Kelsey. Come on, you're undercutting my, my points here. <laughs> touche. Touche. Um, but Kelsey did uh, limp off the field Saturday night, so he has has a little bit of a minor injury. Um, that so. guy's a brute. I don't know. This. I've never seen him limp. I, I don't I don't know, man. He's tough. And, uh, and I'll take Muth any day. Well, you know, Muth's got to put on some – Muth's learning how to block, and he, he, of course, he can catch, and he's got great route running skills. But he's got to get bigger, and he will. I mean, yeah. he he's going to turn into a Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, yeah. Uh, but Travis Kelsey is what what you want right now, especially yep. with Gronk retired. Yep. And then just uh, wrapping up here, special special teams got to well, give. Let, let's give a couple shout outs on more defense. You know, okay. that secondary, you know, Terrell Edmonds played a really good game. And that was another call that Hockley didn't make. Remember when uh, Terrell Edmonds was fronting Andrews and he held his hands like that and it, the ball hit the back of his arm and he broke it up. I mean, normally Hockley just throws a flag out of 
you know, you ha- they say you have to turn, but that's not in the rules. You don't have to turn and see the ball. And so he fronted him, really looked close to pass interference, but if you look close enough, he did not interfere. It was just, uh, it just looked awkward and it looked like uh, a bad ref would call pass interference on that. And they did not, they allowed the PBU and Terrell Edmonds had a really good game. That pick was, that pick was really good too, a diving pick. So Terrell Edmonds, you would hope will be a guy they keep because his contract is up. Yeah. And he, he seems to belong here and he's got a great attitude. He always has. Uh, And, um, and Cam Sutton, man, what a really good game. It wasn't just his interception in the end zone. That was so important at the time, but he was tackling hard. He had some PBUs there. Uh, he's, he's really turned into an, a good corner and Joe Hayden will be back full time. I would yeah. assume the next game and Akello Witherspoon, like you said, his price is going up. He's that guy's just playing out of his mind the last couple yeah. of weeks. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we talked about I, I believe, which game. Well, oh, Andrews, the first Ravens game where he intercepted that pass mm. and going, wow, that's what a six, two corner with body control looks like with good hands. And so he's always been a prospect that never kind of made the coaches who drafted him high that happy. So this team traded a six round pick for him. It looks like, it looks like he's rejuvenated and rejuvenated players have a tendency to fall in love with the coach who helped rejuvenate their spirit. And that's, that's what Tomlin does. Yeah. Like I've always tried to say, there are different kinds of coaches. You'd see Cower in the hall and he'd growl at you. Like, what are your reporters doing in this part of the building? He wouldn't say that. I mean, I've had my moments with Cower, but in general, that's how he was. He was so football-minded, so uh, rigid, and so on his P's and Q's about discipline. Great. That's a great way to coach Vince Lombardi. That's great. And plus, he had more people skills, too, when he wanted to. Tomlin's all people skills. Man, you pass him in the hall. Wex, how's the kid? You know, and you're just – you keep walking, you say hi, and you're just all of a sudden your vibration, your energy level is way up. Yeah. It's just from running into him. And that's what he does. And that's what he's done to Witherspoon. So I think that kind of that kind of effect on a player can help him stay at a cheaper price, is what I'm getting. He just he's a guy that looks to me just natural. And in terms of playmaking ability, it's just it, he just makes jumps on on routes like that that play. Uh, on Sunday, um, batted the ball down. He's, he's yeah. a playmaker, and he might be somebody who ele- – I mean, you, you're looking for your 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 star players or some of these guys on the fringe to elevate in the postseason. He could be a player on the defensive side of the ball who maybe, you know, ramps this team up. And it's easier to elevate when you've already died and you're playing with house money. Yeah. And, and yeah, okay. I'm not betting on him plus the 13. But I'm going to sit back and say, you know, Jeremy was right again. That's what I want to do. So that'll be cool. But And you're right about the emotional aspect that they do have. It's like free money. It's like they're just playing with house money. I, I can't think of a better. I read that. Somebody uh, used that on Twitter, and it's the best analogy. And so, yeah, a guy like Akello Witherspoon, number 25. And uh, I, I, I'm glad that Joe Hayden's back too, though. And speaking of that, you know, once once you die, you're not a, you're not afraid. I, I would fully expect I'll call it now a fake punt or a fake field goal this weekend. Fully oh, expect man. it. Oh, man. Oh, I do. I'm t- I, I can see Tomlin's going to call out all the 
all the stops. And speaking of punting, okay. speaking of special teams, just want to give credit to Chris Boswell, the ice man. I had no worries when he we lined up, he lined up for the kick there that he that he was going to make it. He's he's clutch, but Presley Harvin, he's they've got to sit him. They've got to put Corliss Waitman in there. Tomlin's not going to do it because he's a. Um, he would have done it last game, right? But hey, they're going to the playoffs with what they got. They're not changing. That makes me nervous. Well, like I said, Corliss Waitman should have had a pump blocked in the end zone in his only appearance, and we might if that if that pump blocker had continued instead of inexplicably stopping, we wouldn't be raving about Cordis Waitman. We, you know, who's next? You know, it could be, it could be that he's not a good holder mm-hmm. for field goals. That's so important. Right. And Harvin did okay. And he's going to be your punter in the playoffs. So. Yay. Get, get used to it, brother. Yay. <laughs> Can't wait. But he could throw. He could throw. Remember? I don't want to hear about that. I don't want I'm, to see him throw. I'm telling you, I'm I'm calling it. Oh, he better not. Big punt. Just, I mean, he was. He did it a lot in college. Did, I don't know if I did it a lot, but he did throw a 70 yarder that made him famous as a thrower. People think he can throw because of that one. We asked him on draft day about it, and he said he always wanted to be a quarterback in junior high. He was a quarterback. This guy was a quarterback in junior high. That's a long time ago. Oh, I don't. How sweet would it be next Tuesday if we're talking about a fake punt for 60-yard touchdown? <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know, that's your prediction. I'm I'm not going there. I'm gonna go with Benny Snell getting under five yards rushing. That's what I'm that's my prediction. All right, we're gonna bring it home here now. Um, just want to comment too on the coaching job of uh Mike Tomlin getting this team to nine, seven, and one. In the middle of a rebuild, like you said, um, they rebuild and still make the postseason. Uh, but this team has been counted out so many times. Tomlin talked about this team having warts. Um, they do. Uh, but this warty team has an opportunity against Kansas City. Um, and you know, I think he has his team believing. But what about Tomlin's performance as a coach this year? Well, the record speaks for itself, for one. Um you know, people say in defending him, they say, well, look at the talent. Well, you know, Tom was a big part of that talent evaluation. Now, I know he works great with Kevin. And I mean, that's part of Kevin's genius is his ability to work with Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin. Head coaches are raging egomaniacs. I mean, Tomlin's not. But the part of that is still there, that a dominant personality and they want what they want, and they get what they, they want uh, with the Steelers. The head coach runs things. Um, and you just know that he was the primary mover behind Devin Bush, the trade-up for Devin Bush, which has kind of been disastrous. I'll, I'll, I'll expect that he was a primary mover in trade for Minka, which was genius. So, you know, you've got that going both ways, but uh, you can't. You can't give him a, um, an excuse of saying, well, you didn't have the talent because he's part of the reason why they didn't have the talent. Um, and I don't know what happened with to it, but uh, that's been a big problem. And um, they need another inside linebacker. So uh, l- let's not give him a total free pass, but he is nine, seven and one. And um, he's going to get a chance to rebuild the right way without, a quarterback getting him to eight and eight every year. 
Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the record speaks for itself. And I've always said that, you know, why, why don't you criticize Tomlin after the 41, 10 loss to Cincinnati? That wasn't even that close. And I'm like, do I have to, doesn't the score do that? So uh, uh, we'll just let the record speak for itself yeah. here, but I've already espoused uh, what I like about him. It's not always the X's and O's, which I think he's underrated at uh, the, the time management and the game management. Mm-hmm. I think he's underrated. I think he's unique. And his focus is always on what's happening now, as opposed to call your timeout so that when you get the ball back, you have time. He's worried about not allowing a touchdown now or scoring a touchdown on this play. And Ben, Ben calls a lot of timeouts mm-hmm. when you hate to see it. And, but it, if it makes them focus on the fourth and eight play at hand. All right. Well, and if you convert, okay, well, the timeout was worth it then. Yeah. It's interesting if you look over in Baltimore, you know, they drop six games in a row, but you don't hear people calling for Harbaugh to be fired. And then you look at the flip side with what Tomlin's done with with this unit finishing nine, seven, and one. Um, so, you know, it's been a solid year for him as a head coach. And, you know, um, it's not over yet. I love so that the- he I love that he doesn't buy into analytics the way Harbaugh does. And in <laughs> fact, after they beat them the first time. Uh, Tomlin said, well, we knew he was going to do that because he's a devout believer in analytics. So if your computer is doing the same thing that other teams' computers are, and why wouldn't they, you know, uh, you know what the guy uh, guy opposite you is going to do every time if he's a devout follower of the analytics of the situation. And so uh, Harbaugh's analytics cost him two games. He just handed two games. One was the Steeler game when he went – when he goes for those two-point conversions at the end of the games mm-hmm. instead of tying and going into overtime with the greatest kicker this planet's ever seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, I think he cost his team two, two games. So I don't know that nobody in Baltimore is shouting, calling for his head. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, well – that's a that's a narrative we'll we'll save for another time. But it's on to Kansas City and uh, Jim. Where from here? What are their prospects this week weekend? Oh, we've been talking about it. I don't believe in them. You do. Um, so <laughs> you you've been the guy. You've been the man. Uh, I just um, I just want to get this point in because there was a couple minutes left, three minutes left, and it was fourth and eight, and um, it was too far away for the field goal. And I said, this game's going to end in a tie. They're going to finish eight, seven, and two. And for those of us who bet the over eight and a half, I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's season long. I, I didn't bet a lot, but I bet enough. It's a season long bet, you know, over eight and a half wins. Eight wins and two ties. And the ties only count with the league as a half a win. They don't count in Vegas as a half win. I just saw eight, seven, and two happening. And that, I couldn't believe, thank God I didn't stay up to watch that other, that night game where it would have been a tie. (laughs) I woke up in the middle of the night and checked the scores like 29, 14. I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, I, I, my heart could not have handled that Sunday. No way. So my heart couldn't handle fourth and eight and then Ray Ray hauled it in and uh, all was good. All was good. But, Uh, uh, but eight, seven and two, when you can't get a half game out of, Two ties. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, what else you got, man? We've talked about Kansas City. It's going to take a miracle. And hey. it would be great if, if, you know, we write books about the miracle in Kansas City. Or Mahomes has to, Mahomes has to crap the bed. 
And this team has the pass rushers to affect that. Yeah. And it looks like their secondary is really coming into nice form. So yeah. Minka and Terrell Edmonds on the tight end, Devin will give him a Devin will run with him. His throw over his little head. Uh so there, there are pieces there. It's possible if Kansas City gets away from its run game. The the beauty of sports and the beauty of the NFL are the stories and the narratives that can be told. And what better story than number seven, seventh seed going after number seven? And I'm not saying it's going like to happen, that. but like the, the, the world has a funny way of, uh, you know, these things working out. And you know what? As, as long as you have the opportunity to ask the question, what if? Keep asking it because it's fun, um, and you know we'll we'll see what happens. But Jim, are you? I got a terrible four for you today. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. So the first one, big win over the Ravens, led by Ben. A um, lot of great contests. That history there. What's your favorite memory of a Ben Roethlisberger um, game against the Ravens? You know, it's a shame that it's an incomplete pass, and I thought of this again when the score was 13-10, right? Steelers were winning 13-10, and that was the score of the game. Was it uh, 2008, 2010, when he got punched in the nose by Haloti Nada in the first series? And it's funny, when you read it in the Baltimore papers, it was uh, inadvertent clubbing, they call it. Yeah. I called it a punch in the mouth, a punch in the nose. And <laughs> that was the first series. and. It broke Ben's nose and blood was all over the place. And Ben comes out with a second series and says, to Terry McCauley, the ref, didn't you see him punch me in the nose? <laughs> McCauley says, no. And what are you talking about? And Ben goes, didn't you see all the blood everywhere? McCauley goes, oh, I was inadvertent. So uh, anyway, that game later in the game was uh, he wriggled himself away from Terrell Suggs to throw incomplete on third down, I believe. And he was able to hit Redmond, Isaac Redmond, on a slant on the next play for a nine-yard touchdown. He couldn't take a sack there. He just couldn't. And um, that's the memory I have because I, I'm thinking of other plays, except for Haloti, not a punch him in the nose. The 65-yard TD pass to Santonio Holmes in the, in the uh, 2010 uh, AFC Championship game, I believe, or playoffs. I, I don't think of Ben. I, I don't think of San Antonio. I think of Heath Miller picking up the blitz in the backfield and running down and springing San Antonio with the last block on a 65-yard play. I and mean, that, that was Heath Miller's play. I think of Isaac Redmond. I think of San Antonio Holmes just barely getting across the goal line. I think of Antonio Brown, you know, get, getting across the goal line. All these – Antonio Brown pinning the ball against his helmet. These were all great Ben plays that you think of someone else. Yeah. I, I mean, is it a sign that sometimes we take Ben for granted? Maybe. Look at – he had five touchdown passes on a Monday night in 2007. Five TD passes against the Ravens in the first half. It was a blowout. But what do we remember? James Harrison went off. That was a game James Harrison had like five sacks four forced fumbles. He blew up a punt returner. He was on special teams. Every time Harrison made a hit, a ball went in the air. Sometimes he would recover it. It was an absolute wrecking ball assignment by James Harrison. And we forget Ben threw five TD passes in one half. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I mean, there's a lot of Ravens moments that Ben shouldn't get second short shrift, but he does. But been a lot of great moments, and obviously he's been the straw that has stirred the drink. Yes, no doubt. That was a great trip down memory lane there. Uh, number two, number of rushing yards the Steelers defense gives up against Kansas City this weekend. <laughs> All right, so if you are predicting they're going to win. I'm I didn't predict that. I'm going to say it's only going to be 395. Okay. <laughs> I see how much you like committing to numbers here in these terrible threes. All right, 395 rushing yards. Got it. The next one, I'm going to try to pin you for another number. Number of interceptions that Patrick Mahomes throws against the Steelers secondary on Sunday. Yeah, since they win while giving up 395 rushing yards, it's got to be like five picks. I mean, that's what they're going to need. This guy needs to have his worst game. And, you know, Kansas City has, and not so much under Andy Reid, more so under Marty Schottenhauer, but they have really gacked some big games in the first rounds of playoffs. It's happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And we all remember San Diego coming to Pittsburgh in 1994. Do you remember? I do remember that. Yep. Okay. Um, I was a I was a young buck. I know you young guys are killing me, man. Uh, it does happen, uh, but Mahomes is going to need his worst game. Yeah. And then the last one, Jim, finish this statement. The Steelers will beat the Chiefs if. If Patrick Mahomes has the worst game of his career. <laughs> okay. And, and a lot of that would have to do with TJ and Cam. And somebody else, you know, it's time for Devin to really yeah. have a game. So who knows? I don't know how or why. But he, you know, he's got, still got the speed, and he started to look like a football player last week. So Devin, Devin, Devin has two picks. All right. Well, Steelers fans, hey, the, this is uh, it's exciting times. Keep asking that question. What if? Um, you have hope for one more week. You have optimism for one more week. And then it's either shifting into draft mode or it's on to Tennessee. Um, but we'll have all the coverage of the game next Tuesday. We're excited to see what happens. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us here today. Episode number 18. Incredible. We've made it this far. Um, you can check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider and give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com and give me a follow at Still Study. And we will see you here next Tuesday, hopefully discussing the Steelers' big win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Have a great week, everyone. Jim, I hope you have a great week. You too, Jeremy. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care.